With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. For those who stumble upon this humble talk cast, though it is a talk cast of spiritual proportions, it's a humble segment in your life. The host promises not to sound like traditional programs of biblical narratives, nor is Simplicity Radio a program infiltrated by dogmas and creeds of traditions of men and their confusions. It is instead intended to open some minds of listeners to a realm of answers, perhaps related to your feelings of doubt, doubt that has caused you to wonder about your long-standing beliefs. Your host has been asking for and given increments of simplicity for decades. Then one day he was given a simple inspiration to access a group of wise spirit consultants through their writings, messages written down by a penman, enlightening all who are inspired to read the pageant. Messages, written down by James Padgett, P-A-D-G-E-T-T. And now, this episode. I am here, February 28, 1916. Jesus, I desire tonight to write you on the subject how a soul must receive the divine love of the Father in order to become an inhabitant of the kingdom of God and realize the immortality to which I have written you. In the first place, it must be understood that the divine love of the Father is an entirely distinct kind of love from the love which the Father bestowed upon man at the time of his creation, and which man has possessed in a more or less condition of purity ever since that time. This divine love was never conferred upon man as a perfect and completed gift, either at the time of his creation or since my coming to earth, but as a gift which is waiting for man's own efforts and aspirations to obtain, and without which it can never become his, although it is always close to him, waiting to answer his call. Then in understanding what this love is, and that man must seek for it, and what its effect upon the soul of man is, it becomes very important that man should make the obtaining of it the one great object of his aspirations and desires. For when he possesses it to a degree that makes him at one with the Father, he ceases to be a mere man and becomes of a nature of soul existence that makes him divine with many qualities of the Father, the chief of which is, of course, love and also causes him to absolutely realize the fact of his immortality. Mere moral goodness or the possession of the natural love to its fullest degree will not confer upon man this divine nature that I have mentioned, nor will good acts and charity and kindness of themselves lead man to the possession of this love, but the possession of this love in truth and in fact will lead to charity and good deeds and kindness always unselfish, and to a brotherhood of men on earth that the mere natural love cannot possibly lead to or cause to exist. 
I know that men preach about the fatherhood of God and the brotherhood of man, and urge men to attempt to cultivate the thoughts and deeds of love and self-sacrifice and charity in a way to bring about the greatly to be wished for unity of life and purpose on the part of men, and by reason of this natural love can themselves do a great work in bringing about this brotherhood. Yet the chain that binds them together cannot possibly be any stronger than the natural love which forges it. And when that becomes overshadowed by ambition and material desires, the brotherhood will become greatly weakened or disappear entirely, and men will realize that its foundation was not built upon a rock, but rather upon the infirm sand which could not sustain the superstructure when the storms arising from men's ambition and desires for powers and greatness and many other material things beat upon it. So I say there is a great necessity, or for something more than man's mere natural love, to help him form a brotherhood that will remain steadfast and firm under all conditions and among all men. So this natural love, under circumstances the most favorable to preserve the constancy of man's happiness and freedom from sin and error, proved itself to be not sufficient to maintain that condition. Then what may be expected of it when circumstances are such that this love has degenerated from its pure state and has become defiled by all these tendencies of men to do that which is in violation not only of God's laws but of everything that would otherwise help men to realize a true brotherhood. As I have heretofore said in my writings, there will come a time when this natural love will be restored to its original state of purity and freedom from sin, and when this brotherhood may exist in a degree of perfection, that will make all men happy. Yet that time is far off, and will not be realized on earth at all until the new birth and the new heavens appear, and in the meantime men's dreams of this great brotherhood will not be realized. I know that men expect that sometime in the far distant future, by means of education and conventions and preachments of moral truth, this dream of an ideal brotherhood will be established on earth, and all the souls of hatred of war and the oppression of the weak by the strong will disappear. But I tell you that if men depend upon this mere natural love and all the great feelings and impulses that may arise from it to bring about this condition so much desired, they will find disappointments and lose faith in the goodness of men and at times a retrogression, not only in that love, but in the conduct of men towards one another and in the treatment of nations of one another. I have digressed somewhat from my subject, but I thought it best to show to man that his dependence upon himself, which is his dependence on this natural love, is not sufficient and adequate to bring him into the condition of happiness even on earth, and therefore totally inadequate to bring him into the kingdom of heaven. The divine love that I speak of is of itself not only able to make a man an inhabitant of the Father's kingdom, 
but is sufficient to enable him to bring about and realize to the fullest of his dreams that great brotherhood even while on earth. This love of the Father's own self is of a never-changing nature, and in all places and under all conditions is working out the same results and converting the souls of men on earth as well as of the spirits in the spirit world into not only the image but the substance of the divine nature. It may be possessed in smaller or greater degree depending on man himself, and this degree of possession determines the condition of the soul and its nearness to the Father's kingdom. Whether the soul be in the flesh or in the spirit, man does not have to wait to become a spirit in order to seek for and obtain this love, for the soul on earth is the same soul as when in the spirit world, and its capacity for receiving this love is just as great in one place as in the other. Of course, on earth there are many circumstances and surroundings and limitations on man that prevent the free workings of the soul in the way of aspirations and faith that do not exist after man becomes an inhabitant of the spirit world, but nevertheless, and notwithstanding, all these drawbacks and stumbling blocks of the earth life, the soul of man may receive this divine love without limitations and to an abundance that will make him a new creature, as the scriptures say. The possession of this divine love also makes the absence of those desires and longings of what is called the natural man, which produce selfishness and unkindness and other qualities, which create sin and error, and prevent the existence of this true brotherhood which men so earnestly desire as the forerunner of peace and goodwill. And the more of this divine love that enters into the soul of man, the less there is of evil tendencies and desires, and the more of the divine nature and qualities. The Father is all goodness and love and truth and forgiveness and kindness. And these qualities the souls of men become possessed of when they receive and possess the divine love echoes the same. And when man is sincere and faithful and possesses these qualities, they never leave him or change. And when this brotherhood shall be founded on them, it will be built on a rock and will continue to live and become purer and firmer in its binding effect and in the great results that will flow from it with its foundation stone, will be the divine nature of the Father, which is without variableness or change, and never disappointing. A brotherhood so created and joined together is, as I say, the only true brotherhood that will make for a man a kind of heaven on earth, and banish wars, and hatred, and strife, and selfishness, and the principle of mine and thine. The mine will be changed to ours, and all mankind will be truly brothers without reference to race or sect or intellectual requirements. All will be recognized as the children of one Father. Such will be the effect of the existence of this love in men's souls on earth, and when such souls leave their envelope of flesh, they will find their homes in the kingdom of God, parts of the divinity of the Father, and partakers of His immortality. 
But only this divine love will fit the souls of men for this kingdom, because in this kingdom all things partake of this divine nature, and nothing which has not that quality can possibly enter therein. So men must understand that no mere belief or ceremony of church or baptism or any of these things are sufficient to enable a soul to become an inhabitant of this kingdom. Men may do and deceive themselves in their beliefs that anything short of or other than this divine love can ensure them an entrance into the kingdom. Beliefs may help man to seek and aspire to the possession of this love, and other ceremonies may also assist, but unless and until this divine love is actually possessed by the souls of men, they cannot become partakers of the divine nature and enjoy the happiness and peace of the Father's kingdom. When the way to obtain this love is so easy, and the joy of its possession is so great, it is surprising that men will be satisfied with the husks of formalism and the satisfaction and delusion of mere lip-worship and intellectual beliefs. As I have said, this love is waiting for every man to possess, who sincerely and with true soul aspirations seek it. It is not a part of, but surrounding and enveloping every man, but at the same time forming no part of him unless his longings and prayers have opened up his soul so that it may flow in and infill him with its presence. Man is never compelled to receive it, as he is never compelled to do other things against his will. But as in the latter case, when in the exercise of that same will, he refuses to let the divine love flow into his soul, he must suffer the penalty, which is the utter and absolute deprivation of any possibility to become an inhabitant of the kingdom of God or celestial kingdom, and of any consciousness of the fact of his immortality. Let men turn their thoughts and aspirations to God, and in truth and sincerity pray to the Father for an inflowing into their souls of this divine love, and have faith, and they always find that the Father will bestow his love upon them in accordance with the extent of their aspirations and longings, which are mediums of opening up their souls to the workings of the Holy Spirit, as I have before written, is the messenger of God for the conveying of his divine love from his fountainhead of love to the souls of the prayerful and aspiring men. In no other way can the divine love be possessed by man, and always it is an individual matter between the particular man and the Father. No other man or body of men or church or spirits or angels can do the work of the individual. As to him, his soul is the only thing involved, and only his aspirations and his prayers and his will can open up his soul to the inflowing of this love which makes him a part of its own divinity. Of course, the prayers and kind thoughts and loving influences of good men and divine spirits and angels can and do help the souls of men in turning to his love and in progressing in its possession.
But as to the question, will a man become possessor or not of this love? It depends upon the man. Well, I have written enough for tonight and must stop. So, my dear brother, I will say with all my love and blessings, good night, your brother and friend, Jesus. In my many years in broadcasting, I've never announced any script more newsworthy than segments of the pageant messages. This broadcast of the good news sampling may find you wanting more. In your favorite internet search engine, search for the pageant messages, P-A-D-G-E-T-T, or James Paget. Tune in another archived episode for another inspiring message segment. The pageant messages are the result of a spiritual journey by a Methodist lawyer living in Washington, D.C., who lost his wife Helen at the age of 51 in 1914. James Pageant received spirit messages through a gift of automatic handwriting during the years of 1914 to 1922. His insatiable want to communicate with his wife Helen began the communication with spirits. Many spirit messages were received and their relevance is life-changing to all who are seeking to understand. A district attorney living in our nation's capital had the close support of friends Dr. Leslie Stone and Eugene Morgan. The host of this program acknowledges the invaluable resources of this public domain content from which the contents of the program you just heard was read from which can be accessed at newbirth.net, N-E-W hyphen birth.net. As we close for the evening, I will give you a sample of a prayer, the most perfect prayer that you can pray for the incoming of God's divine love. My Father in the celestial heavens, holy, loving, and merciful, thank you for the privilege of being part of your creation and the object of your divine soul's love and most tender care. My will is that I become at one with you and partake of the great love bestowed upon me through your mercy. It is your divine love that I seek and desire. I pray that you will open my soul to the inflowing of your love. Then will come the Holy Spirit to bring into my soul your divine love in greater abundance. I seek your divine love until that time that I am transformed into your very essence. Then will come to me such faith as will cause me to know that I am one of your children, one with you in very substance and not in image only. My Father, the giver of every good and perfect gift, only I alone can prevent your love from changing me into immortal. I come to you in faith and earnest aspiration, knowing that your love will never be withheld from me. Help me to overcome the temptations of the flesh and the negative influences that would endeavor to turn my thoughts away from you. Trusting in your love, I give you all the glory, honor, and love that my finite soul can give. Lucky Land Casino, asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. 
More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.